Welcome to another episode of Records Revisited, a podcast dedicated to the magic of music. I'm your DJ, your MC, the host on the East Coast. I'm Ben Montgomery. And joining me is the man who has been known to say on occasion, quote, why you got to interrupt when I'm done talking? I need you to keep it shut. This ain't up for a discussion. He knows how to listen, listen, listen. Here's my co-host from the left coast, Wayne Fugate. Hola, Ben. I mean. I probably just slaughtered those lyrics, didn't I? <laughs> um, all right. So for this episode, we have a special guest who is strongly recommended by the guest on our Jeff Buckley episode. Her most recent record is called Listen, which I just quoted in Wayne's introduction. So please welcome to the podcast, Kashana Armstrong. Hey, how you doing? <laughs> We're doing good. Did it, I slaughtered those lyrics, didn't I? I mean, you made it work, though, you know? Just okay. a little. <laughs> all right. All right. All right. I, tr- I tried. I tried. Yeah, that's all that matters. <laughs> all right. So premise of our podcast is fairly simple. We talk about music, but as we do at the beginning of each episode, I ask the all-important question. So, Wayne, I'm going to start with you. What T-shirt are you wearing? I'm wearing my Gaslight Anthem Get Hurt T-shirt. All right, perfect. We were just talking about Gaslight before uh, Kashana jumped on the recording. So, perfect. All right. And uh, how about you, Kashana? What T-shirt are you wearing? I am wearing um, a a Listen T-shirt, one of my own T-shirts, where I've cut the neck out. Um, So, it's my Listen period T-shirt with my name on the back. I love it. I yeah. saw that on your website and I'm like, oh, I need to go get one of those. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. So I'm wearing a, a shirt that I've worn before. It's one of my Soundgarden t-shirts. Yeah. And I have no idea how that fits into <laughs> Liz Wright or to Kashana's music, but we're going with it. I mean, I was a big Soundgarden fan um, when I was young, so I'm here for it. Excellent. Yeah. Well, we we did a bad Motorfinger episode a few oh. months back, <laughs> which was just a lot of fun. Yeah. One of my favorite records yes. of the nineties. Yes. What What would have been your top top score on that one? Oh, see, now you're doing the thing. You know, I don't I know. know title names anymore. People don't do that. Track one, two, three. I don't know. <laughs> well, yeah, it's it, the the first three tracks are the best, aren't they? Yeah. <laughs> Rusty Cage. I mean, um, and then, yeah. All right. I won't put you on the spot. Yeah, I felt like I just got put on the spot. Because <laughs> then I'm going to put myself on the spot, too, because I'm 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 all about Liz Ride and Kashana right now. So I'm not in the Soundgarden space. That's true. Yeah. All right. Well, when Shannon Labrie suggested that we need to have you on the podcast, I, I didn't hesitate to reach out to your management to make this this happen. So... Um, and, and how we haven't had you on the podcast yet is a complete oversight on, on my part. <laughs> well, I'm honored to be here today. So, so Kashana, let me tell you why it's an oversight. Okay. So, so I'm on Spotify. I'm looking at your fans also like section, you know, <laughs> so those are artists that, um, you know, other people who like Kashana's music would also, also like these particular artists. So, so Wayne, you, you ready? Here, I'm here's ready. the list of list of people on the Spotify fans also like section. Shannon Labrie, which, <laughs> yeah, I mean, yep. come on, that's no brainer. Um, which, which, uh, we're recording this episode the day after we released her episode about Jeff Buckley. Hmm. The next artist, Lily Hyatt. 
<sighs> Love Lily Hyatt. Which Wayne loves Lily Hyatt. Uh, Jess Nolan. Shannon also had suggested Jess, so it's only a matter of time before I reach out to her people as well. She's phenomenal. Her new record from Blue to Gold is great. Oh, yeah. It's so really amazing. good. Mm-hmm. Um, Liz Longley. Yes. Carolina Story. Wow. Yeah. Stephanie Lambring. <laughs> it's just like a guest list. Chelsea Williams. Jordan Lenning. Okay, yeah. So I'm I'm listing all of these people that we've already had on the podcast. Oh, that's so awesome. <laughs> so so it just seemed like it was just a natural fit of uh, having you on. So so welcome. Yeah, thanks. I'm actually honored to be um in in the list of all that fans also like these are all like great friends as well. Um so I just feel like I'm in good company, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. So I'm reading through your bio. And I've got, I've got a ton of questions. So you okay with life story questions? Bring them on. Because your, your biography seems really fascinating to me. So where are you from originally? I'm originally from South Carolina. What part? From a little town called Irmo, which is really like the suburbs of Columbia. Gotcha. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. I don't know if I know Irmo. There's not much there, but shopping. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. All right. Yeah. It said that you did the you did music therapy. You started your career as a music therapist. So is it is that something that you go to school to pursue? How how did that all happen? Yeah, I um I went to the University of Georgia and they have a music therapy program. Now, when I went to college years ago, there were only, you know, a few, like a handful of schools that had the major, but now it's offered at so many more universities around the country. Um, but yeah, I wanted to study psychology, but I also knew I needed a, I needed to go to school in a music scholarship. And I discovered when I was in high school, this field, it was a pretty new field. It had only been around maybe 40, 50 years called music therapy, where you basically use music to achieve non-musical goals. So, you know, working with people with addiction, um, working with people with mental health issues and working with the incarcerated and working in nursing homes. It was kind of like, I can, you know, the fact that I could bring music into a space to help someone get through a tough time was just very attractive to me. So what's the schooling like? Like what, what kind of classes are you taking for music therapy? Is it a combination of like, psychology classes plus music? I mean, what's what's the curriculum look like? Oh, yeah. It's heavy on um, – so it's, it's interesting because it's a combination of psychology, music education, as well as, like, biology and anatomy. So I was okay. taking anatomy courses and, you know, working with cadavers and dissecting because um, you have to know the full skeletal and circular system yep. um, in case you decide to work in the medical field. But then I also had to know how to play every instrument known to man. I had to take, you know, brass methods class, learn how to play string instruments, drums. But then we also took classes where, as a music therapist, you have to know how to play guitar, piano, auto harp at the time, you know, and, uh, um, and how to auto harp. You remember, um, mm, you might have had these in elementary school, but they're like the harps with the button you push and you just str- strum across the fingers. All the buttons have the chords. Uh, no. Yeah, the it's Wayne, old. <laughs> does that sound familiar? 
No, I did a couple of years on the recorder in uh, school, but I don't remember. Yeah. You didn't get the auto harp experience? No. Oh, no. It's an old folk know. instrument. Yeah, it's an old folk instrument. So it's similar to a guitar, but you just have buttons you push. Um, there's an old, there's a movie with, uh, oh, of course, I can't remember people's names. Um, O'Hara, Catherine O'Hara, was she in, in uh, Levy, uh, what's the guy's name? Eugene, Eugene Levy. Levy. Yeah, they're in this movie where they're, they're with folk singers. Anyway, her instrument is oh, an auto Oh, A harp. Mighty Wind. Yeah, there you go. A Mighty Wind. She oh, plays an auto okay. harp in that. <laughs> okay. All right. Yeah. Trivia. Now I know. Now I know. Yeah. Now I know. Okay. <laughs> Aside from that, though, that is the schooling of um, just all of the psychology classes, anatomy, and music. So yeah. is this so? Is this a four year degree, or is this considered like medical school type of situation where you're going for like six years? It depends. Or more? It depends on what you're wanting. So um, I did a four year degree um, because you have to do an internship, a six month okay. internship. So I went up to New York and studied psychoanalytical music therapy and neurological music therapy at the hospital that Oliver Sacks was doing a lot of his studies through. Okay. Um, so it was. Um, I just decided. And back then you didn't need a master's. So I just decided to like, let me just go to New York where it's a completely different um, culture of music therapy, which I'm glad I did. Um, but it, now people are going for their doctorates and they, you can get a neurological music therapy certification. There's so many different types of certifications you can get now. Gotcha. But I, I tapped out a long time ago. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to make my, my daughter listen to this episode. So she is, even though she's, 18 she is considered a junior in college because she did dual enrollment in high school wow so so she got a partial music scholarship for this small little school that she's going to but she is a psychology major and she's not really sure what she's planning on doing with either or both of those so interesting she could totally get her master's in music therapy Yeah. yeah That would be amazing. So, so, so from from there, once you got your once you got your degree, then where are you working? Are you working at a hospital? Are you working at a mental institution? Like, what's the employment situation look like? For me, it was all of the above. So, um, after I passed my board and had my credentials, I went and worked. Um, I was doing private contracting with um, youth detention centers and nursing homes. And then um, I was also working at um, Wesley Woods, which is a portion of Emory Hospital, yeah. um, which people were going through rehab from hip replacements or brain surgery, um, or even people that were dealing with neurological um, disabilities. And I was um, my last job was working with um, at-risk youth at a school in Athens, Georgia. Okay. So we were a behavioral school, and our whole goal was um, it was a token economy, and our goal was to just help to change a child's behavior um, so we could get them back into their regular school system. So I was one of those music therapists where I like to um, stay entertained and in it all, you know? So I did do a lot of mental health work as well as like working in the geriatric world. And then kids were the only thing I didn't do, like little kids. I don't have enough energy for the tinies. (laughs) I love teenagers, (laughs) but I am not a go sit on the floor and like, you know, go, go, go. I love to like talk and, and analyze things with kids. So, um, but I worked, I worked in all of the, all of the spots. Um, I think my most favorite though was working at the mental hospital, um, in Atlanta, just because I was able to work with the youth and with, um, those, um, it was the forensics unit, but it was people that were imprisoned, um, were incarcerated. 
but I was also working with the homeless and, um, you know, with people that had just had their first major just psychotic um, break in some moments. And it was, that was a rewarding job for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So, so what does that therapy look like? Are they, are, are the patients writing their music or are you just playing to them? Like what, what's the therapy look like? I, I'm sure it's different for everybody, but. Yeah, it depends on, you know, what the population is and kind of what the group looks like. But um, I mean, when I was working with the youth um, and with uh, those that were incarcerated, it was a lot of songwriting um, and also lyric analysis, you know, and, and anger management. So um, with the songwriting classes that I did, though, we started off by writing just short mantras, you know, positive affirmations that they could repeat to themselves, say to themselves. And I was always working with their um, therapeutic teams, with the psychologists and the social mm-hmm. workers. So I just made sure within the group we were touching on what the issues were for each person. And we would write. It started with writing short mantras, which, you know, like we're equivalent of a, of a chorus. And then it just kind of grew from there where um, some of the patients wanted to write full songs. And um, with the kids, it got really cool with them wanting to then produce their own songs. And so, you know, we got with the school I was at, we got um, Mac computers. And we were able to purchase a bunch of Mac computers and teach the kids how to produce on GarageBand, which was really phenomenal and just opened their minds to what they could create and do and what they could say using their voices. Wow. Anyways, this, this is great. I'm sure Wayne is <laughs> like, what, what, what path are you taking us down here? I'm fascinated. And when she was talking about uh, lyric analysis and anger management, I'm like, wow, I'm surprised. Yeah, that's right up that. your alley. <laughs> Yeah, two things I need. I'm up. Y'all can reel me in. I get a little excited whenever I talk about music therapy, so I can get a little chatty. <laughs> no, it's it's oh, it's great. great. It's great. Um, so so you said you went to uh, University of Georgia. So were were you doing the music scene there in Athens Abs- while you were there? Absolutely not. No. Um, no. <laughs> no. Really? No. I I was um I went to college on a oboe and percussion scholarship. So I was, I was in classical world. The only reason I started singing was because of music therapy, because I had to sing for my patients or to them. And I I didn't start writing until I was working my very first job at the age of 25. Um, I, I think that was like the first time I remember sitting in my bedroom and like was overwhelmed. I was like, maybe I should use these skills. I'm always telling my patients to use. <laughs> right. <you know? laughs> right. So I like picked up a pen and paper and wrote a song. And then that just kind of like kind of snowballed into this now, you know, 15 yeah. years later. Interesting. Yeah. I was, um, so Wayne speaking of Athens, Georgia. So this week I've been on a pylon kick. Yes. Ooh. The box uh, set. <laughs> The box set came out. Yeah. It's on my it's on my Christmas wish list, but mm. I've been listening to the remastered stuff that they threw out there on Spotify. So, man, talk is, about Athens royalty. <clears throat> oh, yeah. That is some good stuff. <laughs> yeah, and I didn't realize. That, so when Rolling Stone back in whatever it was eighty seven eighty eight and put um, the label of America's best rock band on rem peter buck said no you got it all wrong it's pylon Mm -hmm. (laughs) so 
Anyway, yeah, <laughs> I could I could spend an hour talking about how much I love Athens, Georgia music. So, um, well, this is cool. So, so are you doing any of the music therapy stuff now, or are you just focusing on your own music? You know, I took ten years off. I thought, and now I'm back in it. <laughs> so, um, okay, now I'm doing. Um, well, for the last few years, I've been working with a couple of nonprofits here in Nashville, doing um, songwriting, teaching songwriting to. Uh, women and men that are experiencing incarceration. Okay. So that's been really rewarding. And um, just recently I've started um, since pandemic, you know, um, kids have been stuck on their computers. So this summer I actually started some songwriting and music production classes for teens. Um, so I've been working with kids up in Philadelphia um, and then um, also nice. teaching just writing, I'm calling it therapeutic songwriting um, through my website but I'm just telling adults, hey, y'all can do the same thing. If you've never written, you don't have to have the experience, but I'll help you write your story, your song. Because, you know, a lot of people are going through it right now. So I was, Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's my way yeah. of, like, contributing. <laughs> I think Wayne and I are probably going to have to start writing some music. <laughs> yeah. here, so. I just was thinking the same thing. It's not a bad idea. <laughs> yeah. So just talking about it, we're going to have to start writing some songs. Oh, my gosh. Boy. In the style of Pylon, please. Yes. <laughs> yes. There we go. I t and and it's bass centric, so I got I'm I'm sitting like ten feet away from my bass guitar. So oh man, yeah, do I'll, it. I'll, I'll just <laughs> I'll just grab the bass. Yeah. <laughs> um, start with the bass riff. That's that's a pylon song. Start with the bass riff. Yep. And just add on from there. <laughs> that's it. That's it. All right. Well, let let's talk about your your record. Listen. So you put out you put out listen at the beginning of 2020 i guess came out what february february 28th yeah okay mm -hmm. um and i i'm i've been like saying i'm sorry to every artist that has put out <laughs> records this year cuz they can't they can't tour for them. Um, I guess they're doing, have you been doing any live streams or anything of your music? Yeah, I've been doing live streams for sure. Um, and then just recently, you know, people are um, inviting um, artists back out for outdoor concerts. I've done a handful of those, but okay. yeah, all the major touring behind the album was just gone, you know? Did you even get to get out there? Uh very little. No, yeah. <laughs> very, very little. Yeah. Um, I had just finished a run um, over to the UK. So I got to push the album a little bit there in January okay. and early February. Um, but that was about it. You know, we were supposed to be heading over to Australia. I was excited to go there for the first time, but it's okay. It'll all come back, you know. But, Someday. you know, I can say that the album, even though we didn't get to tour it and I felt like I was really proud of this record. Um, but what happened was basically this summer when we all had a reckoning in June and July with um, police mm -hmm. brutality and shootings, um, the record just had like a, it took on another uh, spin, I feel. You know, I had it with one mission in mind, but then the album just felt like a soundtrack for 2020. And so, oh, absolutely. Uh, yeah, uh, people just kind of, um, gravitated towards it and we're just like oh my gosh you know sharing it with their friends buying copies for their friends so it took on a whole new side and a whole new um meaning this year yeah i listened to your record before i knew when you had released it so i was like oh she probably wrote fallen people about you know george floyd and all the protests mm -mm. and then i look <laughs> and then i look i'm like 
oh, she probably wrote this in like 2018 or 2019. Yep. yep. <laughs> and how prophetic that yeah. this is like, this is like the anthem for June and July. Exactly. I mean, it's, yeah. 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 People always pointing fingers and making excuses. Mm-hmm. Um, Something you wish you could take back Something you're fighting for Walk down the street Wayne, did, did did you get a chance to listen to the record? Oh, I now typically when I just want to say this is one of my favorite records of the year. I am I I loved it. Oh uh, wow, thank you. Usually when we we get a you know Ben gives me who the artist has picked, I I'll listen to that record most of the week, and then some towards times towards the end of the week, I'll I'll listen to the guest stuff just so I I'm familiar with it. I would say every time I listen to Liz Wright's record. I listened to your record right after it and to the point where I've at least listened to it as many times. I, I too much has got this great salt and pepper groove <laughs> yeah. to it. Um, and fear that it's just this, uh, super for, uh, like I say my own grave. Just, I really, I really, really, it's one of my favorite records of the year. Oh, thank you so much. That means a lot. Thank you. <laughs> I loved it too. Um, I would say favorite song besides, besides listen. Uh, we'll get to listen here in a moment. Maybe marching on. Mm. Yeah, that's, that's like a that's, that's a that sneaky one, right? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> sneaks up on you. <laughs> it does. Um, I dig it. It's 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 got a cool groove to it. Thank you. Um, so so going back to your song, listen. Um, so are people listening on, on both sides of the argument this summer, and and right now with with the results of the election, which we're recording this, you know, second week of November, mm-hmm. things are still not resolved, but there's still two sides. So mm-hmm. how, how do we get people to listen? Man, it's so funny. This used to be an easy thing to say last year, <laughs> Yeah, but, but this year it's like, I, I honestly don't know because there's this strange, um, refusal to pay attention to truth. And there's um, two sides, like everybody feels they have the truth. And ha- so mm-hmm. how are you listening if, you f- if everybody thinks that they are holding the truth? Um, so I think the easy answer is no, people are not listening. And I don't know anymore how to get people to listen. What I, what I used to say is, you know, listening is just one of the first steps to healing. You know, first you listen, um, then that leads you to be able to empathize. Then from there, you can take accountability. 
and then action, you know, and that I feel is like the road to lead towards actual healing and what everybody wants right now is unity. But I feel, I feel like we're just too far gone right now. And I, I don't, listening feels like it'll just take tying everybody down. <laughs> well, I think there, if, if you're looking at the steps that you just made, I feel like everybody is jumping right to the action part mm-hmm. and they're forgetting all the empathy and listening. Mm-hmm. Yes, absolutely. So, yeah, I don't, I don't know what to say. Um, Me neither. I mean, we're, I mean, I, I will say, you know, raising my hand, we're, we're a house divided. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I've been joking with people. The reason why I voted was to negate my wife's vote um, <laughs> because she comes from a very long line of Republicans, which, you know, it's, it's, it's fine. I'm, I'm actually a registered Republican. I haven't voted that way in probably 16 years, but, mm-hmm. um, you know, I don't know. It's just, um, the empathy is gone. Yeah. And I, and I don't know how to, I don't know how to instill that in people around me. I know. And you know, there's, so, um, I think it's the last song on listen more in common. Um, yeah. when I wrote that with my buddy, Simon, we were, just thinking about how all of the, and this was a few years ago when we wrote it, we're like, we were saying how it feels like everybody's just yelling. But if we did just think of this as a one-on-one relationship, just person to person and thinking about people that are in houses, like divided houses, you know, um, it starts with a conversation. It starts with like talking to another person as if they are just like a person, someone that you really want to have a relationship with, a friendly neighborly relationship with. And, um, you know, that's the way we started this song as if it was one-on-one when in truth, it's like us. Um, and I, I don't, it's like, nobody's, it doesn't feel like anybody's ready to take that quiet moment of just reflection and just like, Hey, we both said some messed up stuff. You know, we really have. But if we can just remember the fact that we all are underneath one flag, you know, underneath one constitution. But like I said, everybody, like you like you said, everyone's going for action rather than going back to the listening and the empathy first. So, yeah. And I don't know. Like I said, I don't know how to get there. Mm -mm. Wayne's always the wise one on the podcast. What you got, Wayne? Uh, Yeah. Yeah, What do you got, Wayne? Well, first, um, once again, everybody has to agree to the fact that the current president of the United States is for a lack of, I can't say anything nice. There's nothing PG 13 to say about him. He's a liar (laughs) and a creep and a, just an overall POS and the president of the United States should never be described like that. Yeah. We, we need, yeah, we need to be able to, I mean, when someone said, I mean, how many, what, 46 presidential elections and this is the first time it's it's corrupt and it's yeah. it's all rigged and it's only yeah once yeah. again he's he's a just a cancerous tumor on and he needs to be removed and then maybe we can start to heal yeah I think, but he has he's too divisive and just i have i'm literally sugarcoating it for my actual inside feelings yeah stuff. yeah you um you 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 were very articulate there. I was very, very proud of you. <laughs> That's not easy. You did not drop any F-bombs or anything I, in any of that. that so, 
not easy. <laughs> not trying not to sink to his level. Yeah. So, well, see, this is this is what we're talking about. People are growing. You, I felt like you just grew in that last five minutes that we've been talking. <laughs> so, a broken clock is right twice a day. Yeah. That, there you go. <laughs> I don't know. I. Yeah. I don't. I don't know where we we could spend another hour just talking about. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Uh, and I feel like the president elect is, is saying all the right things. Yeah. I feel like he is, he's trying to unify us. I got to tell you though, there's a lot of people on that other side that are just not going to listen to that. Though. No, I think that's the scariest part is what we've seen in the last few years is that has, that like you were saying, like the cancerous, like it is like a cancer exists and, and it is blocking people from seeing the humanity in one another, you know, like from, I don't know, it, it's disheartening. It's, it's honestly heartbreaking to think about, you know, I just, I remember when we used to be able to exist in with different beliefs and still, and still be fine with each other. You know, mm -hmm. I remember when a political party didn't represent, didn't make someone fearful. You know, I remember, yeah. Yeah. um, hell, I remember, I mean, Touring as a black woman has always been a little stressful, but I'll be honest, in the last four years, it's been extra stressful touring by myself around um, around this country just because, you know, there has been a permission given to um, act however and to forget that people are human. Um, I don't know. Yeah. And I'm sure you've got your share of people saying, shut up and sing. Especially with your some of the messages that you have in your in your songs, you know, I am grateful that I haven't had anybody say that to me yet. <laughs> I don't. I am very grateful that it hasn't happened. But I feel like yeah. it's because the right people are finding the message, yeah, and they carry it forward. You know, um, and it, and it's funny because I feel awkward a lot of times talking so much about peace and forgiveness because I don't always feel that way. Um. And so it feels awkward to be like, oh, but we need to love each other <laughs> when I have, you know, other feelings inside um, of just yeah. being tired and exhausted. But so far, no one has come at me with the shut up and sing. Um, well, I'm lying. I've had one person uh, in the last four years, which, you know. Well, oh, yeah. that's good odds. That <laughs> yeah. may, well, I mean, you did have you did have a. I, I, I was listening to some of your back catalog, so you do have a song about Cornelius Dupree. Mm -hmm. So that was from a couple albums ago. So I, I guess people know that. Hey, you're gonna you're gonna get political. Oh yeah, you're gonna listen yeah. to Kashana. Oh, yeah. You're gonna get a little political. So. <laughs> you're gonna hear some stories. Yes, <laughs> you're gonna hear some stories. You're gonna hear some injustices. Yep. And yep. You, and you better just shut up and listen. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> if it makes you feel weird, go home and think about it, you know? <laughs> there you go. Love it. Love it. All right. Well, you, you definitely have the endorsement of, of the Records Revisited podcast. So people need to go 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 Very check much. out Listen. It's fantastic. Thanks, y'all. Why you gotta interrupt when I'm not done talking? I need you to keep it shut This ain't up for discussion Da-da-da mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm poor 
out my heart Cause I want you to see it I know you're picking me apart But you ain't gotta speak it Why don't you All right, so so tell us what record you chose to revisit for this episode. So I chose I I have so many records that have influenced me, but this one, Fellowship by Liz Wright, I feel sonically for me, um, and emotionally for me is what kind of like has influenced kind of where I am now as as a uh, songwriter and musician. Yeah. Yeah. So when your manager came back to to me and said this is this is the record she's she's thinking about and I'm like and I'm sure Wayne's going to have the same same uh, same thought I said um, I'm up for it but I have no idea who Liz Wright is <laughs> so quick, quick Google search yeah. so this is this is like second episode in a row where. Um, I knew the name, but didn't know any of her music. Yeah. So our previous previous episode was Buffy St. Marie. Do you know Buffy? I know this name. <laughs> yeah, see, that's that's how yeah. we were as yeah. well. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm like, yeah, well, I'm ready. I'm ready to dive in and hopefully we'll we'll learn something. So yeah. so how did how did you get turned on to to Liz? So my dad has always been one to just give me CDs and send me YouTube videos of artists that he loves. And so um, my dad's a big jazz head. And, um, and okay. so he had given me uh, Salt, one of her jazz albums. And um, then my dad was one of those people that goes to the library to get his CDs. <laughs> so oh, yeah. he came back from oh, the library oh, with this one. And uh, and he was just playing it. And I was like, this is phenomenal. Um and I think for me, it just has so many voices on here uh, of people that I like. I'm a big Sweet Honey and the Rock fan. Um, okay. And uh, Bernice is on this album. And just yep. the fact that, you know, she covers a, a Jimi Hendrix song and an Eric Clapton song on this. It just combines all these different genres. But it's it's a it's technically a gospel album. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so so um, I just love that. Yeah. Yeah, see, and I don't, I would say jazz is the one genre that I really don't dabble into too, mm-hmm. too heavily. Yeah. But when I, but when I do, I'm like, oh, that was so good. Yeah. Um, and it's one of those, I think jazz for me is, I, I appreciate it most when I'm hearing it live. Same. Yes. There was a, a few years ago. Um, I went to see, and Wayne's going to get give, give me crap for this. Uh, I went to go see Michael McDonald and Kenny Loggins, <laughs> and it was part of a, a all day jazz festival. So the the band that was playing right before Michael McDonald was this Weather Report tribute band that had all of these fantastic musicians. So. Um, the percussionist for Dave Matthews. I'm trying to remember what his the name drummer? is. The drummer? Yes. Oh, wow. 
So he, so that was part of his little tribute thing that he was doing. And he, he, he again, I don't know jazz very well. Mm-hmm. So it was, but it was just amazing. Like I was, I was so, I was so blown away by it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm sure that if I saw Liz um, live, I would probably be become a huge fan as well. Yeah. Now I'll be honest. I, jazz is a mood for me, <laughs> so yeah. I don't go go towards it often. You know, um, it is a you know I've got about like I'm done with work. I've got a bottle of wine I need to like finish off, and I'm gonna light candles and sit here by myself and cry. You know, that's like jazz for me. Which, yeah. um, but I think that's why my father sent me this record because he was just like, uh, I don't, I don't. He it's so funny how he finds artists that he know like I um he introduced me also to uh um Ruthie Foster. You know, he's just okay. always finding voices that resonate that he he knows will resonate with me and Liz has this like deep warm voice yeah. um oh. that I just love. Yeah. What what were some other records that you thought about? Or was this your the was this your go-to? This was like, nope, I'm doing fellowship. Oh no, Alanis Morissette was my first one, Jagged Little Pill. <laughs> Because right. loved her, and then um, Imogene Heap. Um, yeah. uh, I can't think of the record right now, but it was the the one with hide and seek. There you go. Yep. Yeah. Um, and then I'm a big Rose Polanzani fan. You ever heard of her? Probably not. No. Yep. She's um, a phenomenal songwriter. She stopped years ago, but she would come through Georgia often through Atlanta. Um, but I loved her folk singer. Um, I was also big into. Um, <laughs> Um, I'm embarrassed to say, uh, no. gu- Guns and Roses uh, as a <laughs> uh, nothing embarrassing about that. Love Guns and Roses. Yeah, so there is so I literally listened to all kinds of music coming up, and so I was like, so many things influence me. Um, but when I, I I told myself I had to be specific, so what influenced the sound on on especially the latest record and what I'm yeah. enjoying hearing now? I was like, okay, yeah. this one, Fellowship. <laughs> Very good. Very good. All right. Um, so, so can you give us a real quick bio of Liz Wright? Uh, I have a little bit, but I'm hoping that maybe you know a little of her story. I don't know a lot of her story. Um, I just met the man who was her first manager this weekend. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no, but I'm, I'm going to lean on you. You tell me about Liz Wright. All right. Well, this is this is what I found out. So she was she was born in um, Hahira. Georgia, yeah. Which I had to, I had to look that up. Have no idea. I don't think I've ever passed through Hahira, Georgia. <laughs> Never. No. Um, her dad was a minister and musical director of their church, and of course, gospel music. That is um, where she, of course, first learned music. Um, I did. I did watch a an interview done with NPR. That was done around the time of that this album release, and and the the interviewer I should have wrote the guy's name down. Um, he asked her why she recorded an album that was full of gospel songs, considering that you know she's known for being a a jazz vocalist. And she said, um, "I needed it. I wanted my family to know that stuff was still with me and mm. was still important to me." Yeah. So. All right. I love that. Thought that was thought that was cool. 
Um, she's put out what six or seven records. Most of them are jazz. Um, she has reached number one a few times on the Billboard Top Contemporary Jazz Chart. Mm-hmm. Um, I couldn't tell you who else are her contemporaries because, again, I don't. It's not where I go to. Um, yeah, that's about all I know. Yeah. Well, I learned something today. So, hey. Yeah, that's <laughs> not bad. Wayne, did you do any research on on Liz? Um, you know, the most of I I did was I did read the Wikipedia page on her and the album, uh, but mostly it was just listening to it uh, and discovering her because she's she has a this phenomenal voice, which I I, I think of it as dense because it's yeah it's strong, uh, but it's just and it's smooth and it's it's thick. There's so much in it. Yeah. All right. Um, should we jump into it? Let's jump in. So as a reminder, our scoring is going to be based on number of songs on the record. Wayne, how many songs on this record? 12. Which means our top song is going to get 12 points. Next favorite, 11 on down to lowest score of one. We're going to kick this off with title song. This is Fellowship. If you believe that your God is better than another man, how you And this was you. You had mentioned uh, Kashana that uh, there's a lot of um, covers on this record, and this was written originally by Michelle Nadea. Indigo Cello. Yeah. Yes, I always <laughs> slaughter it. I love her last name. I don't even attempt it. Indigo Cello. Yes. <laughs> and and Michelle's version is very reggae. Yeah, and she's actually playing on this one as well. Is she? Yeah. Uh. Is, so she's the extra voice? She's playing bass on this one. She's playing bass on this. Let me see who's okay. playing. Um, let me see who else is singing. Uh, she may back. be singing on it. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's, it's not pronounced harmony on this one, is uh, it? I don't, uh, if you believe, it's just on that. Um, yeah. Yeah. The chorus. Just on that. Yeah. Right on the chorus. Okay. So, so what do you got on this, Kashana? This is my number 11. Okay. And and tell me why this was one of your top songs. Because of the it's just so smooth and it has like a I love a song that has like what I call like a kind of a hump, you know, which I feel is what uh Michelle and Digotello is known for, just this like uh driving groove that's just uh it's just I don't know, song song is really slick. <laughs> yeah. 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 And the the harmonies that's are amazing. Smooth. Sorry, Wayne, what was that? that? Snare. No, no, it's that snare keeps it. It just has this real slow, deliberate uh, groove to it. That, and I love it's she's it's just got this foreboding, you know, warning in her yes. voice. And and for you know, I I I'd looked at it as you know, she has a very gospel uh, sound, and you can see that's where she came came up from. And and I think this record is interesting because the first couple of songs are more more like your the songs on listen where they they have a 
there's a, something spiritual about them. There's something in your voice and in the in the rhythm that that makes you you know even for a for a non-religious person you can you can feel it mm-hmm. and and she starts it but this one just has and this one has this great message about you know don't don't leave this up to god you know and she ref- i think in the lyrics it says your god so whoever that is don't don't leave yeah. it to chance yeah. don't don't let you know it reminded me of that joke where there's a guy you know there's a flood and a guy's sitting on his roof and a guy comes by in a boat and says hey jump in i'll take you to shore and he goes no god's going to save me yep. <laughs> and the water rises and he climbs up a little further and guy in a boat comes by and says Hey, jump in. I'll take you to shore. And he says, no, God's going to save me. And he's on the peak of the roof and a helicopter throws him down a rope, says, you know, grab the rope. We'll get you to shore. He says, no, God's going to save me. Water rises up. He drowns, goes to heaven. He says to God, why didn't you save me? Because I sent two boats and a helicopter. <laughs> it just has that, you know, yeah. don't wait, don't leave it to chance. Take, take matters into your own hands and, and, and fix it. Yep. Let's all fix it. Mm-hmm. This is the most talk of God I've ever heard from one <laughs> This is great. I love. I love it, and I and I think there'll be some more talk coming up. Oh yeah, I I, oh, yeah. I like the repeated line in there of "Let faith guide you," mm-hmm. and I and I I think we need more songs about faith. Um, so I got let let me throw this out to both of you because you guys are are probably on different sides of the spectrum here as far as um what faith is, but has 2020 either restored your faith or torn it down? Ooh. So on a personal level, my faith has been restored because I should not be okay. As a, as an artist, as a musician where that's my full-time job, I truly should not, I should have been evicted from my apartment. I should be out in the street somewhere. Granted, my family would never let that happen, but um, I have, this has been the best year for me. (laughs) Um, And I don't know how. And all I can say is like, God had my back in this year. You know, he just had my back and him pulling me off the road just made me realize how drained I really was. Um, So I feel like on a personal level, I have more faith. Um, But on a... um, like an existential level, <laughs> um, I am concerned, but I feel like I still have faith. I just feel like it's going to take a lot more work. Yeah, it's a little more rocky. I don't know. What about you guys? Well, Wayne, b- before I I give my answer or ask you what your answer is. So when I'm using faith, it doesn't necessarily mean um, a belief in God or a higher power. It could be faith in anything. It could be faith in humanity it could be faith in the democratic process whatever you want to call it i don't know am i getting way too deep Wayne? no oh. no no that's 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 you got to give me more options i like what you did there uh <laughs> yeah, I, I, I just i know you i, I, I know you i yeah i i can't i can't say it should have been a landslide like that's the one thing i can go back to the election is i my faith in humanity is is it's taken a beating this year mm-hmm. but when when people uh, you know, when people are protesting something that's clearly wrong and then there's anti-protesters protesting there. And I actually, to me, protesting is one of the most American things. It drives me crazy when, you know, I, I, I had a couple of, I wouldn't say contra- confrontations, but serious talks with people at work uh, when NFL players were kneeling. Mm-hmm. To me, that that's a political protest. And it's, it's, well within their rights. I, I, I think it's your duty as an American to stand up. And like I told them, if 
if people who look like my son were getting shot, you bet mm-hmm. that I would I would be outraged. And I would the, I, I just think protest is is inherent in a in a it should be inherent in Americans, all Americans. If your government um, is letting you down and you you you're obligated to protest. And so to just to give to when it gets tried, they try to turn it around and and make the protesters somehow seem like the bad guys when you're losing sight of the real problem. Uh, you know that it just it it affects my faith in humanity mm-hmm. that we yeah. can't see right for right. Yeah. Yeah, I'm still divided. Yeah, I'm still divided on on. Uh, I'm with you, Wayne. It should have been a landslide. The fact that you know it's going in that direction where, um, you know, we, we, we can say that, that, uh, you know, the current president is on his way out, but they're probably going to have to like physically remove him from that mm-hmm. damn office. Mm-hmm. If they need uh, me help, they just let me, just give me a call. Right. Exactly. <laughs> glad to help. Now I will say, y'all, I was in Atlanta this weekend when they called it. Um, and I had been feeling downtrodden about our society and our democracy, mm-hmm. but there was something about, I hopped in the car with some friends, you know, we all wore masks and, you know, windows down and just drove around honking our horns around Atlanta. And I think my faith was restored in that moment of just seeing people joyful that they were heard, you know, and that, you know, um, their vote actually did something even, you know, for that day, their vote did something. Um, There was something about making eye contact again with strangers and like wanting to high five people across the, you know, car lanes, you know, and there was this joy and excitement in the air. And I wasn't fearful of the American flag anymore. There were people waving the American flag. And I was like, that's the flag I know, not the one that's carried by those that are like, in my mind and the way I feel backing hatred. So I did have faith in that moment for those few hours on Saturday. Um, now, granted, again, you know, I am concerned about our democracy, <laughs> but I, I also know, like you said, we have a president-elect coming in who's saying all the right things and I think has the tone of voice that we need as a people, just a calm and steady, non-dramatic voice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And hopefully that calm voice continues. Yeah. Because... Uh, I hate the fact that most politicians will say anything to get voted Ugh. in. Yeah. And then, yeah. 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 And then, you know, no new taxes. Yeah. Um, heard that one before. Yeah. Um, all right. I've gotten way off topic. Um, <laughs> I like that. But that was great. <laughs> all right. All right. Wayne, um, what do you got for a score? Oh, like I say, this song is my 11. It's absolutely worthy of naming the entire uh, record after it. Gotcha. And this is my 11 as well. Oh, cool. Um, That will be the last time that we all agree. (laughs) Um, Just just throwing that that out there. All right. Uh, Next song is I've Got to Use My Imagination. Keep on keeping on.
And this is um, a Jerry Goffin and Barry Goldberg mm-hmm. written song made famous by Gladys Knight, right? Gladys and the four and the pips. Yeah. Yes. Who I love. <laughs> yeah. um, and in fact, she named her 1973 album Imagination because yeah. of this song. Yeah. And yes, that is the album that includes Midnight Train to Georgia. Mm-hmm. Um, and I got to, I got to, I can't say anything about Gladys Knight without giving a shout out to um, my brother-in-law, Robert, and my sister-in-law, Anne, because they both sing in Gladys Knight's gospel choir. Stop it. So, hi, guys. Whoa. Uh, <laughs> yes. So she, so she joined, um, so I'm a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, mm-hmm. and she joined the church, I don't know, like 20 years ago, and... One of the things that she, that kind of drove her crazy was, um, my church doesn't do the hand clapping type of stuff. So if you've, if, if you're familiar with Mormon Tabernacle Choir, that's, that's, that's our gospel stuff. So Gladys decided she was going to throw in some, some gospel. So she created her own, um, choir and recruited you know members of the church and so they they go around and they do um they do some of these these gospel type of choir um <laughs> concerts so it's fantastic i love gladys i love that lot. yeah oh yeah so anyways i don't know where i'm going with this um <laughs> kashana uh t- tell me tell me why you like this song um, again, I'm a big rhythm section person, so I love the don't don't boom boom. But I just love the groove of it, um, yeah. and it feels like something I could play. <laughs> like I'm trying to figure out how I can cover this with my vocal trio. Yeah, I just love the drive. Yeah, Wayne, what do you got on? Uh, I've got to use my imagination. Oh, and and her voice, it's just, gosh, I love I love her voice, and then the organ in it gives it that. Yeah, just organ just sound makes you just makes. Things sound like church, yep. like not in a, and not in a bad way. Yep. And then the harmonizing in that in that that refrain of "You're too strong." Oh, got to keep. Oh on, my keep gosh! On. Yes, it's 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 wonderful. <laughs> yeah, my notes here are that organ. Oh man, I love it. So, yeah. um, I didn't have much notes on this one, but uh, that organ is just fantastic on this. All right, um, anything else before I get scores? Mm-hmm. All right, Wayne, what do you got? Six. And Kashana? This was my number 10. All right, this is my 12. I love oh. it. Uh, this is my top song. All right. All right, next song, I Remember, I Believe. Standing in a rainstorm, I believe. And um, you had already brought up Bernice. So this is Bernice Johnson. Is it Reagan? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because it's spelled a little different from Ronald Reagan. It's mm-hmm. G-O-N at the end. Yeah. Um, she is a singer activist from Albany, Georgia. Mm-hmm. Um, I will say that I lived in Albany, Georgia for three months and I hated it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I see that. Yeah. 
but this song restores my faith that something good came from Albany. Yeah. <laughs> um, and if I alienated our one listener in Albany, Georgia, my apologies. <laughs> and I didn't, I didn't realize that Tashi Reagan is the daughter of Bernice. Oh yeah. I had no idea. Oh yeah. Um, so that's, that's one thing I found f- from all my research. Oh, I love that. So. <laughs> yeah. I think I, um, just knowing Bernice's history, just what was she? She was a member of SNCC, right? And was like the singer they brought out <laughs> for yes. a lot of, you know, protests back in, in the civil rights era and her voice just cuts through. And it's that way of Sweet Honey and the Rock. There are two voices in that group that I feel cut, and that's Bernice's. And I cannot think of the woman who sings bass, but there's a woman who sings bass in Sweet Honey in the okay. Rock. But the their voice just her voice just pierces through, and it's a little unstable. And that's what I love is that sometimes it's a little sharp, but it's because there's so much feeling behind it. I love instability yeah. in a voice because <laughs> I feel to, that's emotion to me. And I'm sure with you doing the music therapy thing. You 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 are not having people who are singing with you know these beautiful voices. Oh, yeah. They are they're singing with that raw emotion, yeah. right? Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wayne, anything on? I remember, I believe. Uh, and it's musically so subtle, like the 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 drum and the, it's got this march, this real slow march, kind of buried behind her amazing voice. Um, and I just, I could say the, the word, this is a very well-written song. I mean, when you look at it, even structurally, you know, that first verse, um, these struggles, I mean, just looking back at, you know, how, how could people survive that kind of, you know, that kind of treatment, just asking yourself that question. Yeah. And then, then you ask, you know, in the second verse, it's about these, you know, God, act of God, whether, you know, how can this happen in the world kind of a thing. And then, to asking yourself what even gives you the strength to get out of bed in the morning. Yeah. Uh, it just is a, it's a wonderfully, it's a well-written song. Her vocals are amazing. And like I say, that musically it's subtle. They, they have this snare with this real slow March in behind her that uh, just is still beautiful. Yeah. I should have tried to figure out when exactly Bernice wrote this. I'm assuming that she wrote it during the height of civil rights. But know. it's so timeless. Like it you, is. if you would, there's no way to tell. Like if you, uh, you could, if you said this song was written last week, I, I absolutely believe that. Yeah. That that's probably a sad commentary on um, <laughs> where we probably haven't done a lot of growth in the last 60 years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not as much as we should have. No, agreed. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, Wayne, what do you got for a score? Uh, ten. Okay. And Kashana? This was my seven. All right. And this is my ten. Oh. All right. Nick, or, I'm sorry. This is my nine. I was looking at Wayne's score. Um, <laughs> my nine. Okay. All right. Next song, God Specialized. And I had I had to do a little research for this song. So this is this was written by Gloria Griffin, and I'm like I don't know who that is. Um, 
she was made famous from the Roberta Martin singers. Anybody know? No. Who are they? So this song dates back to 1958. They were a, they were a group that recorded on Savoy records, which Savoy was in the forties and the fifties were, um, big names in jazz. So Miles Davis, Errol Garner, Charlie Mm -hmm. Parker were on, on that particular label. So in 1958, um, the Roberta Martin singers, also known as RMS, um, scored a hit with this and Gloria Griffin was the lead on this. Huh? So there you go. Love it. I have to tell you. So the, the first verse where she's talking about, um, uh, have it, have you any rivers that seem uncrossable? So this is my squirrel moment. Wayne, oh. um, yeah. that image imagery reminded me of many rivers across from Jimmy cliff. Oh, what's funny is I wrote down, ain't no river wide enough. Ain't no mountain high enough. Oh, like all right. <laughs> yeah. Both taking us places. Yeah. Um, Kashana, what do you got on God specializes? I, um, I scored this one, uh, a two. Okay. Any, <laughs> any, any, anything from a, a musical standpoint? Oh, sorry. <clears throat> yes. No. Um, this is my, like, I usually, if I'm making my own playlist, I put this towards the end just because it's like the calm down, you know, um, reading the lyrics, it is very poetic. Um, I feel like this, um, for me, it takes me back to when the Jubilee singer, when the Jubilee choir would get up and sing every, you know, first Sunday, which was like the elders choir (laughs) and the songs were just slow and it was sweet because the harmonies were a little off. Um, so it's one of those that it's, for me, it's, um, a pleasant song. It takes me back, uh, to, to sitting in my grandpa's church, um, but it's one of those I'm like, yeah, I have to be in the mood for this one though. <laughs> yeah. 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 And and I knew as soon as um I saw the lyrics, I'm like, this isn't gonna track well for Wayne. <laughs> and I was right. Um this do anything at all for you, Wayne? You know what? And ultimately what it mostly was, I mean, it, it is a little um religious, which I had, lo- the first three songs are very, are very, like I say, they make you feel spiritual, but without, without really, you know, beating you over the head with it. And I, but to me, ultimately it was that, um, I took that God specializes. And when they're mentioning, you know, I think it's doctors or health or whatever, it almost felt, I, it's so, uh, topical to now is I, I automatically went to, you know, specializing in medicine they're they're making this you know kind of this analogy to mm-hmm. god being a, a you know a proctologist or a, or a dermatologist instead of just a general you know mm-hmm. a general not a generalist physician. yeah it wouldn't have the same effect if, if it was called god generalizes <laughs> is what you're saying god specializes yeah yeah okay Right. Uh, it just, like I say, this one was it had more of a, a religious tone to it that I that she hadn't like she's been so spiritual without going, you know, all in. And I mean, once again, I didn't have a problem with it as a song. It's just that something had to get a two and this one had a little. And like I say, they also, I didn't know when it was written. So I thought they were actually just knocking off. Ain't no river wide enough. Ain't no. <laughs> high enough. They may have actually done it first. So I shouldn't have taken yeah. points away. 
Yeah, you you you're probably pointing some fingers at Marvin for maybe borrow <laughs> borrowing. Um, all right, this is my least favorite. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. Next is a gospel medley. So let me see if I can get them all right. Uh, includes I've got a feeling, power, Lord, glory, glory, up above my head. Hold on just a little while longer. And I'm just going to throw this over to Kashana because I I have the benefit of seeing scores in advance. So um, <laughs> tell tell me why you love this medley. Um, so just the other re- just the reason why God specializes felt felt like the Jubilee Choir, <laughs> um, the Elders Choir. This one feels like the Youth Choir. You know, um, this this was a positive memory of me. I'm I attach music to memory <laughs> clearly. Yeah, but um. This reminds me of just sitting around uh, with my cousins and just like playing around and harmonizing and just going crazy. I remember like at my grandmother's funeral, um, I believe it was, uh, was it just a little while longer? I think, yeah, somebody sang that one and that one just has a, ugh, I feel gospel music is a big part of of just my elders and my family. Sure. Um, but it just feels like a... Uh, it just reminds me of home. I guess that's the easy way to say it. It reminds me of home and family, um, it, but in the celebratory way of the joyful way. Yeah. How music just always, um, gospel, like these kind of gospel songs are just like what we would do, just spur of the moment. Now, are you are you the type of person that also goes to church on Sunday and it's like, I know that I'm I'm singing, you know, Monday through through Saturday, but, um, I'm also going to get up and sing with the choir. I don't sing in church anymore. I don't, I don't go to church anymore. Um, no, no, I had, uh, Oh man, I've never said this out loud. Um, (laughs) I am not a fan of the church. Yeah. I believe in God, but I, I used to lead worship at, at some, um, I used to be a worship leader. Okay. And there are just things that I heard being said, I was like, that's not the God I know. That's not the God I know loves, loves, like I have friends from all sexualities, all, all kinds of backgrounds. And so it's like, that's not the God I know. Um, so I honestly don't go to church anymore. I will listen to a sermon every now and then, and then I'll hear another one and be like, ah, <laughs> so I'm, uh, <laughs> um, I, yeah, I haven't said that out loud. I'm not, I'm not big into the church, but I'm big into my faith in God. Yeah. I, I get it. I am a churchgoer, and um, honestly, I think I I I stick around because I'm hoping that I can do more good than mm-hmm. the bad that's in it. Yeah, and that's all churches. Yeah. Um, so, which is so sad. It is because I feel like that's another thing that this country needs is just a restored faith. And again, mm-hmm. going back to what we were talking about with faith, it doesn't have to be in faith in God. Nope. It can be f- faith in humanity. Exactly. Be, yeah. So, um, all right. 
Um, I've gotten this off topic yet again. Um, <laughs> Wayne, what do you got on this gospel medley? I like, I, and I recognized all of these songs. Medleys are tough in general. And I think the one thing that did bring it down is the two, the two songs at the end are so much different from those first three that are so high tempo and very, um, you know, a typical of a gospel song, but I love how they tried to kind of recreate the in church thing where it's just a piano and some hand claps and Liz up front and some background, you know, choirist. Uh, So I love how they tried to kind of capture that or replicate that, that church, you know, feel. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All right. Um, Did I get your score? Uh, Seven. All right. This is my five. And this was as high as my eight at one point. And I just kept moving around numbers. So, yeah. Um, All right. Next song, Sweeping Through the City. Sweeping through the city. We'll go sweeping through the city. Oh, my Lord. Where my loved ones have gone before. And we're going to sit down by. No more. Hey, blessed are the pure in heart, for they'll go sweeping through the city. Hey, hey, blessed are they that mourn, for they'll go sweeping through the city. I think the credit goes to Shirley Caesar on this one. Really? I think. I couldn't find any information on this because I I went on All Music to get who the writing credits were and the writing credit was not on for this one. Yeah. So I think that maybe they're confused too. And just, and, I, and she was in the caravans. Cause I saw that was the oldest thing I saw was the caravans, which she was in. Yeah. Um, I heard, I also listened to uh, Leon Russell did a live version, which was, it wasn't as good as this, but it was pretty good. Oh. Okay. Interesting. Leon's uh, done a lot of covers so. though. Oh yeah. Um, what, what do you got on this one? Kashana? Um, this one, this, I think just the traditional feel of it, how it feels like an old, um, like the, it's just this old spiritual that they've modernized. I have this out of four, my number four. Okay. Yeah. Any, anything else on, on this song? Let me, like, I'm trying, I didn't do as great a job as you guys of like taking notes on them i guess i should have done that i'm like i like it i didn't like that one i liked it like that yeah <laughs> i can uh i'm gonna play it in my ears real quick but um yeah i don't know wayne what do you have on this one um i think this would have easily I, this could have been put in the medley but i i think that it is strong enough to to have had its own but i i definitely would have fit into the medley yeah and it just had i can say once again, they're keeping. She she kept it very simple musically. I, this is to me, as far as I can tell, just a tambourine, um, and her and some and some other singers really trying to capture that in church. You know, very underproduced to kind of keep it keep it real. Yeah, but then you would have made the medley like over ten minutes long. Yeah. <laughs> oh no, I, to me, because I would have taken the last two out because they, which I love the last two songs. Um, and I want to say it's uh, glory, glory, and uh, up above my head. No, no that's the not two, it. The two last ones, one are uh, one is amazing grace. Just a, just a little while longer. Oh yeah, hold on. Oh, 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 you're still talking about the medley. Okay. Yeah, I was talking about the medley. I had taken those last two songs, even though I love them. They 
that one has just is a piano shuffle, which you can't get bluesier than a, than a shuffle. But I would have <laughs> taken the last two out and you could have put uh, Sweeping Through the City into the medley. Yeah. Okay. But I think it, it deserved to have its own spot. Yeah. This wasn't one of the top songs for me. I gave this a two. Um, Kashana, you had already given the score a four. Wayne, what do you got? I gave it an eight. Yeah, we're all oh. over the place. Okay. okay. All right. All right. Next song is All the Seeds. And going back to that NPR um, interview that mm-hmm. uh, that I that I listened to, so she talked about how she got Angelique Kijo to mm-hmm. to come on for for this one, um, and it was because she so Liz still had some some time left on her studio rental, and so Angelique called and said, "Hey, uh, do do you want me to do anything with you?" And so she said, yeah, come on down to the studio. And so they put together a couple of these, um, these real quick songs with the two of them. And I, I love it. Um, I wish it was longer. The song is only a minute and 18 seconds long. Yeah. Yeah. I, I will say this. It's going to make me check out more Angelique. Yeah. So she gave you just enough of a taste. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I love the the layering of vo- like I just love the layering of vocals in this. And Angelique's yeah. voice is this um is a different kind of purity than Liz's. Um and half of it I'm like, are they saying words? I don't think they're saying real words. If they are, it doesn't matter. <laughs> it's just um I love well, what, the mm-hmm. Yeah, what I found here was so Kijo is fluent in five languages, but she also sings she also has her own personal language. Whoa. That she includes words, uh, and I'm taking this from the internet, which she which includes words that serve as song titles such as Batonga. Oh. But but she sometimes will also sing in Swahili. And so who knows whether or not this is this uh, these are actual words because she the 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 languages that she's fluent in is fawn i don't know fawn does anybody know fawn no clue french english yoruba anyone no and then jen g-e-n americans trash we don't know anything (laughs) we don't know (laughs) we don't know every turn yeah so uh, so she, they may be saying something and we don't know, or she may be using her own personal language and, thing. So. And I assume that that's it's as a lyric guy, it's hard to get into something when you know they're saying, so I felt like I know she was saying something I couldn't, uh, cause this has a trance like effect. Like yes. you just yes. can really zone out to this yes. uh, fairly easily. And then of course at a minute and uh, under two minutes, it's, it did, it did end, uh, it was short, but like I say, it has this great trance-like effect. But I, what's it's like it drove me crazy. Like I would, I just want to know what she's saying. Yeah, I feel like there's some 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 good stuff in there, and I just can't I can't hear it. Yeah, I wonder if David Byrne has collaborated with Angelique at all. 
Oh. Have you guys watched his um, thing on um, HBO, his uh, Broadway show? I have not yet, but everybody tells me it's phenomenal and I need to. Yeah, I haven't either. I might do that tonight. Hmm. Okay. Give, give us a book report. We want to know how it is. Um, <laughs> did I get scores? I didn't get scores on this. Um, this is my six. Wayne? Three. And then Kashana? This is also my three. All right. Next song is Presence of the Lord. Yes, this is an Eric Clapton pen song, yeah. and it was on what it's album on was Blind this Faith? on? Blind Faith. Yes, the one and done Blind Faith. Mm-hmm. Um, who knew that Eric Clapton knows how to write a gospel song? I mean, dang. Yeah. Yeah. This arrangement's so great, though. Right. Yeah, I, I will go out on out on record as saying uh, this is the version of I listened to the Blind Faith version. I listened to yeah. the Eric Clapton live version. This was my favorite version, um, but I did appreciate it from that sense of because when you when I was li- listening to it and trying to put it in to Eric Clapton, it has a very ha- reconciling being a rock star with believing in God. You can you can hear that in the song, and so. Um, I thought that was interesting, but when she sings it, it it gets it, it gets very spiritual very quickly. Just from that that power her the power of her voice mm. really changes the whole effect of the song. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love like there are moments where it's almost like her voice is breaking, where she's pushing it, um, and I feel <laughs> I can feel her feeling the words. Um, that she's singing on the choruses, man. It's just, um, this one tugs at me. Yeah. Yeah. This is yeah. good. This is good stuff. Um, all right. Wayne, your score. A nine. And then Kashana. This is my nine. This is my eight. And I almost, I almost changed it to a nine just so that I could be in <laughs> unison with you guys, but I stayed true. I stayed true. <laughs> all right. Next song in from the storm. I'm just going to kick this over to Wayne because. Um, First of all, you would you text me before I listened to the record and said there's a, a Jimi Hendrix cover on here, an Eric Clapton cover, and you know Jonas Policeman cover. As soon as I heard this, as this I knew I recognized this as a Jimi Hendrix song, even though the arrangement is way so different. different. Yeah, there, and you you hear a Jimi Hendrix uh, song and you're going to expect uh, guitar, 
And I, I would argue that this guitar is spectacular. There's two acoustic guitars and whoever arranged this yes. for the guitar is yeah. a, is brilliant. And he is a, it, cause it, the guitar in this does stand out, but she has got so much bluesy swagger in it that it's, it's just a, an unbelievable song. Um, I just like to say her voice is amazing. And once again, she takes this song that from this, you know, this rock star within this psychedelia blues thing that he does. And she just completely transforms it, um, does it absolute justice, but makes it just almost like a whole new song. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But Jimmy, Jimmy, I've always felt had this little spiritual quality to him. Like I can't yeah. listen to little wing without getting, you know, shivers. And I can't listen to sandcastles in the sand without just thinking that there is a, you know, he, he wrote that with a little higher power intervention. Hmm. Well, spiritually, definitely. I wouldn't, I wouldn't argue against that, but um, this, she, she definitely gives it this much more of this gospel Christian. Sure. uh, She's just in, she, I don't think she can help it. She just in, 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 Flex it in her mm-hmm. in her voice and gets in it. I I actually wrote down possibly my favorite Jimi Hendrix cover of all time. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Got, got those... thrown down. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Um, that the guitar hook is also like my favorite part of this. Um. And, but I love how the the rhythm section is what keeps it similar to the original Hendrix um, tune. Like they're still mimicking a little bit like the original uh, guitar riff, but only in the in the rhythm section yeah. of this song. Um, yeah, I, uh, I I wanted to score this one higher, <laughs> but I, was like, well, I like the other ones though too. <laughs> It's all good. We all go through scores remorse every every episode. Oh man, yeah. Yeah. Um, Wayne, your score. Oh, this is my favorite song. Got twelve. All right. Oh. This is my seven, and then Kashana. This is my five. All right. Next song is "Feed the Light." text Wayne I was like hey um just so you know on this on this record one of our former guests has wrote one of the songs so really yes so So you've had her on here before yes we've had Joan Wasser on the on the on the podcast and she's phenomenal I had never heard of um Joan Wasser what is it the police Jonah's police, Jonah's, woman. Jonah's, police yeah. woman. Jonah's police woman. I had never heard of it. And so I went back and listened to her version and I loved it. Like it's also along the lines of what I used to listen to um uh when you know in, in the nineties. Um I don't know, is she a nineties artist? So yeah. she's she started out in the nineties mm-hmm. with the dam builders, and then okay. she did her own her own thing. Um and kind of bringing this back to Shannon yeah. LaBreeze episode. So 
she was Jeff Buckley's girlfriend when Jeff passed away. Oh. Yeah. Wow. Uh, um, and Joan, Joan runs in the Michelle. Um, I'm not even. Oh, come France. on. You can do no. it. <laughs> nope. Kashana knows how to pronounce it <laughs> way better than yeah. So she so she runs in those circles as well. So oh, cool. So that's kind of her that's her space where it's um, indie with jazz with I don't even know really know how to describe it. It's just um, genre genre non-specific i don't yeah. know what you know what do you call Defying. it genre Music. defying yeah <laughs> i don't know i don't know so i have to say i like joan's version better than this one me too yeah i, I don't too. i actually like this version better i really I did listen to both versions um it just it's uh and it's something about that organ and this it's got this floating it's just really like i just you just float off just start thinking about things and just float away. This is the one song that my, my score is I'm not happy with. <laughs> okay. All right. Yeah. All right. Well, I gave this a three. Wayne, what did you give it? I gave it a four. Okay. And then Kashana. It was my one. But shout out to Joan. Cause you like her version. I love her version. Yeah. 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 Um, by the way, if, if you're not familiar with Joan, um, start with her cover of um, Kiss. My friends? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, great. then. Oh, and uh, Michael McDonald's I Keep Forget. Stop it. <laughs> so, it's so good. She it's wasn't a so fan before. Good. She is now. Y'all, that's my old white man crush right there. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I love that man. <laughs> oh, I, I, I got a crush, too. I Totally, totally got a Michael McDonald crush. All right. Um, next song is Oya. I think I'm saying it right. No, nope, yeah. nobody can tell me otherwise. Right. Uh, this is this is another song done with Angelique. Uh, also, not sure on the lyrics, so we're just gonna go with that. So. Wayne, did you like this one better than the last one? I didn't look at it. And I did. And once again, I not knowing what they're saying is is to to a certain degree frustrating, but I like what they're doing and I like how they 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 layered it. So it starts um, very simple, I think just one voice kind of and then as it goes it gets a little thicker and then a couple more and they harmonize a little bit more as it yeah. goes along. So they start to pile things on in layers. Um, and, and, and it, it ended suddenly. It was just like, got, just like it got cooking and then it just ended abruptly. Yeah, that's my criticism with the other one too. Um, this one is a little longer. It's a minute and 32 seconds as opposed to a minute and 18 seconds. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, but, but yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm with you there. I think if both of those songs start, what did you say? Get cooking. And then they stop too Poof. quickly, I think. Yeah. yeah. This one, um, this one and, and the next one, like, but this song in particular has a very sweet Honey in the Rock vibe, which is basically acapella voices and percussion. Yeah. Um, 
And I love that. I love the layering of vocals, of voices, and just kind of like different chants intersect, like coming together to make a completely <laughs> different sound. Um, so I, I love just, again, simplicity for me. Yes. And the, the pure voices and just, uh, just the layer, vocal layers. I like yeah. this one a lot. But I love the transition from this song to the next one. Yes. That's really, that's really good transition. Um, Wayne, what, what's your score? Five. And then Kashana. This is my six. And this is my four. All right. And so we are now up to the last song. Yeah. So this is Amazing Grace. And that this dates back to 1779. Mm -hmm. Um, And this is a staple of church on Sunday, right? Yeah. Um, Kashana, what do you got on on this song? Well, I think what sometimes I kind of tune out on Amazing Grace, but um, because. I believe I'm, I hope I'm right. Um, this is, is this where Bernice comes in with another vo- vocal at the end where she's doing her own thing separate from Liz? Am I correct in that? I hope so. Uh, her voice is like off in the background. I might be yes. lying to y'all right now, but. Um, I'm going to listen. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I was like, I should have listened real quick. But um, there's something about the way this is sung that has just uh, um, a. To me, just a very, it feels very mournful, which I, I kind of love just uh, that it doesn't, yes. you know, like sometimes you hear Amazing Grace and you're like, oh, okay, you know, joyful. But this has a mournful feel that I, I just love. And I, I think Bernice's voice coming through, if I'm right, her voice coming through just adds to the pain. I do hear that. Okay. Um, yeah. And I'm glad you said that because I was listening to this song on the way to church on Sunday. Um, and my wife, bless her heart, she um, she said, "Well, that's kind of a depressing version of that song." <laughs> and and I responded. I looked over her and I'm like, "I really liked it." Yeah. <laughs> and she's like, uh, "She, she kind of gave me that look." And and that again, we've we've talked about this multiple times on the podcast. The differences between how I view music and how my wife views music. She wants the upbeat songs Mm. and that's kind of her relationship with God as well. Yeah. You know, she's more thankful and happy about that relationship. And I'm more of the, um, Hey Lord, you know, I could maybe use a hand here, you know, like, uh, (laughs) keep me out of the dark depths and, you know, help me focus on light and good stuff. (laughs) I heard you never give us more than we can handle. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Yeah. You're lying. Um, <laughs> I might be way oversharing with all this stuff. And she's gonna, <laughs> my wife is going to be like, why? Yeah. That's, that's that? where you're in trouble. That's where you got to worry. <laughs> luckily, luckily when she sees this on her feed for podcasts, she's going to go, I don't know who this Liz Wright person is. And she's not going to listen to it. Anyway. <laughs> you're going to say, I don't know who this Ben Montgomery person is. I'm not listening to his podcast. <laughs> that, that too. That too. <laughs> 
um, anyways, uh, so I, I really, I really like this. Um, and I, and I can see, I can see the, the, the beauty of this, even though it is more of a dark, gloomy take on mm-hmm. this gospel song. I love it. It's great. Um, Wayne, you probably don't feel the same way. And it's not, it's, this and I, I have never said this before in my life, but I prefer the bagpipe version of this song. I that is wow. I didn't think wow. I'd ever utter those words, but this this song, the instrumental bagpipe version of Amazing Grace to me is like makes you know the hair on my arm stand up and tears start welling up in the corner of my eye. Oh, it's wow. just about how I I in I I envision this song and how it affects me most. I did not think there was anything wrong with the version. The only other thing is, I did uh, correlate it with the Star Spangled Banner. Everybody just knows the first verse. Yeah, the Star, yes. there's lots of verses to the Star Spangled Banner. There's more verses to Amazing Grace. Nobody knows any of them but the first one. Yeah. and so for her to actually put that out there, it really is different. Like you're like, why is she still singing? This song's over. Yeah. Um, she, it, you know, you have to look and find out, but yeah, just like the, it, so it correlated with the star Spangled made me think of the star spangled banner, how everybody just knows the first verse. I, I love it. Thanks. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. This is my 10 Wayne, your score. This was my one. Yeah. I hate you. All right. Um, Kashana. <laughs> this was my eight. I, actually, I'm not supposed to say I hate you. That's not very <laughs> godlike, right? <laughs> I'm like, oh, child. I, do, I didn't believe I, you anyway. I need so to say, oh, child. Oh, child. <laughs> we still have so much to learn, child. Um, Bless your heart. Yes. All right. Uh, so this is where I usually say, did we miss anything? Did we cover everything? I, I think we brought light to a wonderful album and, a, and an artist that more people should know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to be checking out more Angelique and Liz. Right. Yeah. Going forward. So, um, all right. Any guesses on number one, our top, our top rated song. Let's, let's put together our top five here. Any uh, guesses? Number fellowship one? has got to be number yeah. one. Yeah. Fellowship is number one. Cause that was collective 11. Uh, number two with an average score of 9.33 was I've got to use my imagination. Okay. We had a tie for third with an 8.66 average score. That was, I remember, I believe with presence of the Lord. (laughs) And then we have a tie for, for fifth. Um, So that's the gospel medley and in from the storm. (laughs) So we kind of have a top six. Yeah. Um, so Kashana, should we be mad at Wayne? Cause he tanked amazing <laughs> grace out of the top 10. <laughs> <laughs> I forgive you. See all this, all this listening to, to gospel stuff. I forgive you, Wayne. I, I think in the spirit with which, it, yes, I think that's what we have to do. Kashana, this has been a lot of fun. Oh, this was a lot of fun. Yeah, thanks, y'all. <laughs> this was fun for me, too. <laughs> yeah, thank you for introducing us to Liz, because, um, yeah. And and hopefully hopefully somebody in the Liz Wright fan club listens to this and says, you know, maybe maybe Liz should bring Kashana on a tour. Card. What? <laughs> yes. Would that be awesome? That okay. would be awesome. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll, we'll, we'll lobby and petition for yeah, it. Yeah. I like what you think. <laughs> All right. 
So last question. This is, uh, this is how we, you came to our, our minds here. So we ask all of our guests. So who do you know that I don't know that should come on our podcast to talk about their favorite record? Mm. And you can't say Shannon because, you know, yeah. she, she, she referred you. Do you know Adia Victoria? I don't. Wayne, yeah. do you know her? I do not either. Okay. Adia is a Southern Gothic blues artist. Ooh, I like this um, she's also from South Carolina, but lives here in Nashville. Okay. Um, but I think you would, Adia is a very smart woman. <laughs> Okay. In her, yeah, I think that would be really awesome to hear what she would pull up for you guys. Adia Victoria, I'm pulling mm-hmm. her up right now on Spotify. Yeah, yeah, I don't know her. Oh, Wayne, it says fans also like Lucette. Ooh, for Adia, another, okay. Gosh, all right. So <laughs> yeah, it sounds like we need to have Adia. All right, yeah. um, put in put in the good word for us. I will. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So where where can where can people find all the happenings of Kashana? If they go to Kashana.com, K-Y-S-H-O-N-A.com. Okay. Um, yeah, that's the easiest place. Other than that, I'm on socials. Just put in Kashana Armstrong. Perfect. All right. As a reminder, you can find us on the socials as well. Um, I'm on the Facebook page and Twitter at Podcast Records. And um, no, you can't find us on Parlor. We're not going there. <laughs> Um, Wayne, Wayne Man's the Instagram page. Where can they find us there? Records Revisited Podcast. And then, of course, you can find all of our old episodes by going to our website, recordsrevisitedpodcast.com. And, of course, we're on all the major platforms, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, CastBox, iHeartMedia, Spotify, Google Podcasts. Did I miss any? I bet I missed some. Um, on all those platforms, go subscribe and rate or review us, okay? So thanks for listening. Please go support the arts. I would tell you to go to a live show, but you kind of know the drill on that. So, um, you know, find, find your favorites out there on, on their socials and go support any of their live streams. Uh, buy a t-shirt of the band, maybe one that says, listen, uh, buy a record. And I will tell you, you, you can go visit a record store. Just make sure that you mask up. Okay. Be safe out there. We are records revisited and we are, Out. Out.